0: to the Women's Health Wisdom & Wine podcast, a bi-weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email. To learn more, visit the website at www. Dot White dot com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, please remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute or bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. In today's episode, Yvette Goss talks with me about health and wellness coaching, the importance of investing in your own optimal health, and the aspects of wellness, which include physical, emotional, spiritual, Social, intellectual, occupational, and environmental wellness. Let's listen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today joining us in our studio is Miss Yvette Goss, and she's here to talk with us about health and wellness coaching. So Yvette, please introduce yourself and talk to us briefly about health and wellness coaching and your specific approach.
1: Well, hello. My name is Yvette Goss. I am a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach. I um, Health coaching is a modality where we work with people um Discovering their entire selves, their wholeness, their every aspect of their life, and how all of the different pieces of wellness fit together. Um, so for me, um, I just want to tell you a little bit about why I actually got into coaching. Okay. Um, so my um, so right now I am one of those women who are in their, um, you know, over 50 category, and I am happy to be there. But unfortunately, I um, lost my sister at the age of 40. She dropped dead suddenly at the age of 40 from a pulmonary embolism. And so um, when that happened, it was totally unexpected. But um, when we went into her home to um, clean up, to sort things out, um, we found that she had been suffering from a lot of different ailments and a lot of different issues that just weren't brought to light. Mm -hmm. So she had congestive heart failure Um, She was suffering from obesity. Uh, She had a lot of stress, financial stress, mental stress, Mm. um, isolation, a lot of different things that um, were holding her back from being totally whole and complete. And so when I realized the suffering that she had been going through by herself, um, it made me take a look at myself and a a look at the other people that were in my family and in my life and realize that there's lots of women out there who are suffering alone, who believe that they have to do everything by themselves and they are in ultimately ne- neglecting their own needs and their own health. And so I um, decided to go and, and get some education. Yeah. And I went and I earned uh, two master's degrees at the uh, Maryland uh, University of Integrative Health, mm-hmm. where I met the beautiful Dr. White. And, um, you know, and here I am, you know, I'm still working on myself and and my goal is just to help empower women and and help them to make their lives uh, better and live a healthier life.
0: Wonderful. And I think that you highlighted again about your own story about having that kind of like superwoman syndrome where you're a mother, you're a caregiver, you have multiple responsibilities, oftentimes neglecting your own personal health and wellness. And but seeing all these women who are portraying themselves as strong and beautiful and perfect and juggling all the things, but yet taking on so much for the benefit of others. Mm-hmm. So in the haste of taking care of everyone and everyone else, they're suffering, whether it be obesity, high blood pressure, chronic fatigue, all the myriad of serious conditions. It's not that you, you're not even able to give the best of yourself because you're giving the best of yourself yourself. To everyone else and you just have what's left over so i think that's a very just a very important part to start off with um but we can't give our best if we're not at our best right. and if we're not whole and complete and so making ourselves a priority and getting ourselves in order to be the best version of ourselves is so very important so um tell us more about how accountability comes into play, especially when we talk about chronic conditions and goal setting.
1: Well, um, like most women, uh, we already think that we have all the answers, right? So if if we say, oh, yeah, I need to lose weight, people don't want to, are not very interested in investing in saying, I'm going to go find somebody who's going to help me do this, because I already know that I have to eat the right foods. I already know mm-hmm. that I have to exercise, right? But What they are lacking is that accountability for somebody to say, well, are you doing it? You Mm -hmm. might know what you're supposed to do, but are you really doing it? And so that's where a health coach comes into play. Um, We actually, where I actually work with women to um, envision what they want out of life, where Mm -hmm. they want to see themselves, and then create a plan uh, to, in in many goals, um, and then we, we work together and meet on a regular basis to check in and to make sure that we are actually um, fulfilling those requirements to reach the goals so if you say that you want to um, be able to play with your children or your grandchildren mm-hmm. um, and what does that mean is what we look at like what does that really mean it's not necessarily um, saying i want to be 30 pounds lighter, or I want to be able to lift this amount of weight. It is, what is the vision that you want your life to actually be? And okay. so, in in holding, in creating that vision, and then having somebody to check in with, that's the most important piece. Because when you're out there alone, and we all know that when you're out there alone, and you think that you've got everything going on, but then when something falls, you feel like a failure within yourself. Right. But when you have an accountability partner, it is not... Recognizing that something is a failure, but what are the successes that you have, um, you have in you have seen along the way, and then we just keep motivating that person to continue on. Um, and so, like if everything isn't perfect right away, it's a journey, and so yeah. the whole thing is just a process and going through that journey and having somebody to go through that journey with, which is so important.
0: Yeah, I like how you your approach really takes partnership into account. So not just. Telling someone what to do, not just showing them what to do, but doing it with them. Working with a client to obtain optimal wellness for them and what that looks like and painting that picture so they can envision what their life looks like, not just being able to lift a certain amount of weight or not just being at 30 pounds lighter, but what are you able to do once you reach that goal? How does that Mm -hmm. make your life different now? And then focusing on that total well-being, allowing for success in all areas of life. So I'd like for you, in terms of talking about that, um, all the areas of life, talk to us about that wellness wheel and what are the components of that wellness wheel and how you assist in keeping your clients not just accountable, but on track throughout the process so that they can map out who they are, what they want to be, get those personal goals set, accomplished, and then making, taking those actions towards sustainable change.
1: Sure, sure. So one of the very first things that we that I do with clients is um, help them to take a look at their overall wellness. And so our wellness is comprised of uh, different areas, emotional wellness, spiritual wellness, physical wellness, um, social wellness, um, environmental, intellectual. Mm-hmm. They're all of these pieces that go together. So it's this big circle like a wheel. And um, when we look at evaluate different aspects of each one of those segments of the wheel, we will find that some are, you know, more complete, there are some areas that need some work. And so when a wheel is bumpy and not completely round, Mm -hmm. then it's not going anywhere,
0: right? Maybe like a flat
1: tire. (laughs) Exactly. You're (laughs) going to have a flat tire. And so what we do is like take a look at that wheel where you look at all of the areas where there may be some uh, shortcomings and and these shortcomings are based on your perception and based on the client's perception, not what I think is optimal for that person but what do they believe is optimal where do they how do they feel how are they operating in the world on a daily basis and so based on um the results of that assessment that wellness will assessment um the client will look at specific areas and say here's something that i want to concentrate on and they will um we will work together to come up with goals uh to be able to Um, improve various areas of their wheel. And so by going through whatever program they have, we will continuously be checking back and seeing the progress and um, updating those goals as we go along so that they get to a point where they are more whole and complete in all areas and not just one, because everything affects the other area. Right.
0: And I think it's important to just reemphasize the spokes on this wellness wheel, physical Emotional, spiritual, social, intellectual, occupational, and environmental. Did I get yes, mom? you're right. Yes. All right. All right. So, one more time: physical, emotional, spiritual, social, intellectual, occupational, and environmental. Yes. So ma'am. as you even as you're sitting there looking at where are where are you deficient in your wellness wheel? Where are your strengths? Where are your weaknesses? So I think that's important. So. When we think of this wellness wheel, how do you balance as a coach? How do you balance being a client's cheerleader and at the same time, or sometimes, often times, being their tough love coach?
1: Um, it's conversation. Uh, and that's what this whole thing is all about it is talking it out, working things out. And so when a client um, comes to me and says, Oh, I don't have anything to worry about in the area of <laughs> my social. Uh, you know, wellness, right? Mm-hmm. And then so we might explore that a little bit. Okay, well, what does that look like to you? You know, how are things going? You, and they might say, well, I don't need any friends and I sit in my house alone and I'm good. And so it is sometimes just um, having them really evaluate what that means. Are you really good? Because yeah. we all need connection, right? Everybody needs connection. And so it's ideal to have like at least three trustworthy people in your mm-hmm. life. It doesn't, social wellness doesn't mean that you are a social butterfly and you're out every weekend and that you're doing all these fabulous things that you're posting on Instagram, right? right. But it could be a matter of having one or two very close friends that you can, um, that you trust, that mm-hmm. you can rely on and that who's, who's your support on a regular basis. So t- sometimes it is just a matter of listening to what the client is saying and then you know, having them to look at it in a different way. Is this really um, the optimal situation? Is there room for improvement? Is there something that I'm missing? And how does it impact my life? So a lot of times when clients are on on the move and they're, they're making progress, yes, you're a cheerleader and you're saying, hey, this is great, let's keep this up. What can we do to take it to the next level? And then oftentimes when uh, sometimes clients are uh, disillusioned and think mm-hmm. that, Everything is okay or that they don't need any additional support, but you have to just, you know, help them to reflect on what is the real reality, not just what's in their brain, what they hope it to be, but what's really going on in their life that they need to take a closer look at.
0: Exactly. And I think, again, hitting on some major points, sometimes those three people are close friends or spouses, parents, um, but there's an element of judgment that sometimes mm-hmm. one may not want to fully or cannot fully express for fear of that judgment or for fear of not necessarily feeling safe with their responses or establishing boundaries. And I think with a coach, all of that is removed because you have that cheerleader and a coach in all wrapped up in one to help not only be in a safe space but also be able to really peel back all the layers of that onion to get to some of the underlying causes and rationale and reasons for some of the lifestyle choices that they've made that may be actually getting in the way of their own progress. So that's important. Thank you for touching on that. And so when you are working with different women, um, women of different races, ages, ethnicities with different health conditions, how do you help them find out what's right for their unique bodies?
1: so i think it's really important that um everybody understands that we are all unique all different Mm -hmm. and there is not one size fits all so just because uh you know something worked for one person that is going to work for you so if you have grown up and you know i've had um uh, clients who have grown up in a a, a black family right Mm -hmm. and they believe that um you know having a big butt and having you know all these curves is the ideal thing right? right and and it's not necessarily a bad thing but it's not the best thing right so you have to look at your body type and you have to look at what you are actually doing are you eating the best foods are you um active you know how is how is that body type that you have that you are taking pride in because it is a social norm mm, mm-hmm. really look at the truth is it really healthy for you right. and so where a big butt may be and and I, I apologize for you know getting into that aspect but a big butt may be something that is um genetic for some mm-hmm. but in another woman it may be just straight obesity. It is overweight. It is not that that's just what you were born with. And so women really need to evaluate their personal selves not in comparison to anyone else. And so, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions about what healthy is. And so Mm -hmm. each person has to be willing to explore what is their healthy. And that's the most important part. It's like, um, so whatever uh, workouts, whatever food, whatever, um, you know, spiritual practices someone has, they are all independent and um, on themselves and not what everybody else in your circle is doing. And so it's important to allow clients to um, be able to freely express themselves and say, what is it that they want? What is it that they desire? What's going to make them um, at their at their best? And then we evaluate what practices they need to incorporate into their life.
0: Right.
1: And so, okay.
0: And I think, again, touching on great points, is that a healthy person is more than just a healthy body. So mm-hmm. we talked about different physical features, but when we go back to that wellness wheel, there could be someone who's the epitome of physical health in terms of their blood pressure, in terms of their skin, in terms of their weight, in terms of their cholesterol levels. But emotionally and spiritually they're a wreck. Um, and then it's like, okay, and that's where that part of that wheel will definitely be deficient, even though physically and what the outer appearance looks like, internally, environmentally and external environment potentially could also be lacking something that is needed for overall health and optimal health and wellness. So exploring that whole being is what I'm hearing what I'm hearing you say is how you aim to get to that desired level of wellness for the individual, not necessarily what the, what wellness looks like on a global level, because I don't even think there is one unique definition that defines what overall health looks like for everyone, because we all, you know, do have different body types. We have their different ethnicities, their different ages and races, and we're going to look different at all those different stages of life. So I thank you for focusing Mm -hmm. on on that in terms of what health is in the bigger scheme, not just the physical aspects of the body. So when we think about health and wellness coach and we touch on this a little bit in terms of we think of weight loss, what conditions do you most often treat and which ones are in your niche or your specialty?
1: Well, I tell you that a lot of people think that what they need is weight loss. And they say oh if i can just lose weight then that's just going to be the you know the 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 answer to every problem um but then when you are actually like working with clients and you say well what is the weight loss going to do for you when you lose this weight what is your life going to be like and a lot of times people will say they'll have more energy they will feel free they will feel more confident they will feel um like they can be proud of themselves walking out into the world um but a lot of those things so when we really dig down to it it's not really about the weight loss it's about confidence it's Mm -hmm. about self-love it's about um reaching your goals so a lot of people feel like they are not in a place um professionally and it's maybe that they have to go to school take some additional Mm -hmm. courses But because they are concentrating on, oh, well, because I look like this, I can't accomplish these other things. And so it is a matter of once you start doing that wellness will, I think that thing really, you know, brings out a lot. (laughs) And people, they're like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't realize that I was deficient here and that I was lacking these things and that my Mm -hmm. will was so lopsided. And so once they start making um, strides and accomplishments in all areas of their wellness – Weight loss is a side effect Okay. because when you're yeah. happier, when you're at peace, when you are um, eating the right foods, when you are moving your body, and it doesn't mean you have to go to the gym, you know, five days a week, but when you're actually moving your body and when you're having uh, positive connections with people, when you're engaged in a um, a regular spiritual practice, and that doesn't mean, see, coaching is so many things, but it doesn't mean... I'm telling you to go to church every week or whatever. Uh, having a spiritual practice is something that grounds you, something that where you acknowledge that you're a part of something bigger. And so, yes. when you start in in um, speaking with a coach and realizing that all of these things is what makes you happy and whole and healthy, um, mm-hmm. the the weight falls off. That mm-hmm. that's a side effect. So people come in with that as the first thing that they want to accomplish. But then when we start focusing on everything else, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'll am i get there. But these other things are more important to take care of first. And then right. they'll just see that weight loss happen.
0: Yeah. And a lot of even when we in, in different aspects and different modalities, we see that emotional weight it is way bigger than the physical weight. And right. a lot of women carry are carrying around emotional weight from previous relationships, childhood trauma. Adverse childhood events that went on that they may not even be completely or have completely dealt with. And that weight sometimes is carried around a lot longer and weighs literally weighs heavier than the actual physical weight. And once they can shed shed that, they can literally start shedding the physical pounds as well. So when you, you mentioned some other areas of focus, some self-care, some self-love, mindfulness, stress mm-hmm. management. Fitness, not just in terms of weight loss, but fitness in terms of being well and being healthy. Nutrition, relationships, and healthy living. So I think a lot of, again, those topics fall inside that wellness wheel, but they're different ways to get to wholeness without necessarily focusing, focusing directly on weight. So that's, again, great gems, great gems. <laughs> and in the bigger scheme of things, um, What are some of the common misconceptions that people often have about health and wellness coaching as an investment in themselves? A lot of times, like you just mentioned at the beginning, that people think that they have it all together. They don't need accountability. They just have to do X. And if they just do X, this wouldn't be an issue. But oftentimes, they're not doing X. So talk to us about Mm -hmm. that.
1: So um, most often, uh, like what I come across with people who are saying, oh, I don't need a health coach because I don't want to go to the gym every day. They mm-hmm. they really don't have a, a a full understanding of what it is. And I think that um, part of that is because, and I'm sorry, I will get back to like your, your other yeah. part of the question, but part of that is because um, a lot of people hang their uh, sign on the door and say that they're a health coach Mm -hmm. and it could be that they um took a three-week course in protein shakes and they're selling shakes and they're saying i'm a health coach um there or they took some other coursework on um some other type of supplements or they Mm -hmm. um they you know said oh i've been living healthy my whole life so i can be a health coach Right? right and so what that has done is um really like kind of diminish the true value of a health coach so okay. um, being a national board certified health coach um, is making sure it's a, it's a new credentialing um, system that has been in place for the last uh, four years now um, and so what that does is it, it, it we have to take we have to sit for a national board exam and it is after you have completed a certain number of hours of coursework, of mentorship, of um, practical um, experience out in the field. And it incorporates um, not only coursework in um, emotional intelligence and problem solving and goal setting and, um, you know, there's anatomy and physiology, there is, uh, we have to know about various uh, medical conditions and all that right. sort of stuff, right? So that's what a National Board Certified Health Coach is. And they're going to look at uh, their client holistically and look at all areas of their life. And so when people are saying, hey, I, I don't need to make an investment in um, this health coach because I'm just going to, they're only going to send me to the gym. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's they they think it's just like a, a personal trainer or something. Right. Um but it's it's a lot of it is just educating people about uh what a true health coach is and what the benefits are and then once they start to experience the the personal changes and the behavioral changes um that are necessary to have lasting wellness, so not just something where you do a program for thirty days and hey, boom, that's it right right. And um, a lot of times when you talk about self-care or self-love, people believe, oh, it's just I'm going to go get a massage. That's my self-care for the day. I'm going to go get my nails done. That's my self-care for the day. Or I'm going to treat myself to a dessert. And that's self-care. But self-care is truly uh, being able to walk in your life day to day, caring for yourself in a manner that will... um, improve your overall wellness and to extend your, um, your life in Mm -hmm. regards to, um, how, how satisfied you are. Right. So, you know, it, it includes brushing your teeth. It Mm -hmm. includes taking care of your hair. Dental hygiene
0: is (laughs) self-care.
1: <laughs> it, it is. It includes taking a bath, wearing clean yes. clothes. All of those things are self-care. Right. And, you know, um, people are unaware of that because it's so commercialized. Oh, self-care. Let's go get a, a, a massage for the mm-hmm. day. Well, that's yeah. not all that there is. And so right. um, coaching will open the client's eyes to all of those things that they can be doing, small things that they can be doing on a regular basis to improve their well-being.
0: Okay. So, okay let's, okay, let's do a little role play here in terms of, okay, I come in, um, I'm trying to think of something, I c- give me something that someone would come in for that you, people wouldn't typically think that they would be something that a health coach would help with. Again, okay, it can't be weight loss because we've already talked about that's too mm-hmm, common. Mm-hmm. So what, give me a, something that is common, but maybe not, it doesn't necessarily come to mind when someone thinks health coach. And then I want to walk through what that would look like when I come to see you.
1: Um, so I recently had a client who um, says that they want to want a different career.
0: OK, and, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. All right. OK. Um. Yeah, I i am at the point in my career. Well, this isn't working anymore. Um, I know what I don't want to do, but I don't know what I do want to do. And my life isn't just, it's just not working out the way I planned. I've been dedicated in this field for however many years, let's say a good 10 solid years, but I'm not fulfilled. I'm not making the money that I want to make, but yet I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. And I just, I'm I'm clueless right now. So once I present myself Mm -hmm. and I paint that picture for you, literally walk me through how you would take said person who is lacking not just job satisfaction but pretty much aimless in terms of direction and what Mm -hmm. they want to do they have no clue what they're good at or they think they have no clue what they're good at um they have no idea what they're like what they would really love to explore and they're just kind of just the only thing they know that they don't want is the place that they're in right now and they're stuck Mm -hmm. Okay, so I show up. What do we do?
1: well, um part of the the discussion would be when you to ask the question when you are in the perfect job in the perfect situation, mm-hmm. what does your life look like okay so when you when you have the perfect job and not saying, let's not say what that job is, mm-hmm. but whatever job it is, what does your life look like, and how do you feel in okay. that when you're in that space? You want me to answer, yes, please,
0: okay. Um, Personal freedom. I like going to work every single day. I like the people that I work with. I feel like I'm providing a service. I feel like I'm connecting with the people that I'm either working with as my team and working for in terms of clientele. Um, I am able to enjoy my personal life. I have a relative good work-life balance. And I just feel plugged into my life in ways that I'm engaged, I'm happy, I feel free, I feel lighter, and I really enjoy showing up to do the job that I'm tasked to do every day.
1: Awesome. Have you ever had that feeling before when in any kind of work that you've done as far as professional work or volunteer work, um, any experiences in your life, have you ever had those feelings?
0: Um, isolated? Yeah, I've had them in different jobs, but never all in one job. Or I've had it in my personal life, but not in my professional life. I've had them in different aspects, but not all of that wrapped up into one.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so we can explore, you know, just pick one scenario where you felt that way in your professional life. What was that job? What were you doing? And, you know, what do you think contributed to that feeling?
0: Well, back when I was like 14, I guess I was a candy striper. Do they even do candy striping anymore? I don't even know. But I really loved plugging into being a, you know, able to help the people that I was working with. And, yeah, I wasn't getting paid, but it was more important than that because I could see that my presence in these people's lives really made a difference. I could really draw power and energy from their smiles and me showing up every day, being, being present and really plugging into their lives on a day-to-day basis. That was when I felt it was a long time ago, but that's when I, really when I felt that I was being of service and I was really being able to make a difference in people's lives.
1: So, right now in your current position, do you uh, feel like you're making a difference in anyone's life? No. Okay. So, not um,
0: a pos- not a positive one.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we we can explore like what things that you can do that would be impactful for you? Where do you see yourself um, serving others that would be meaningful to you as well as you making a difference in their life?
0: I really like being around people. I really like engaging with people. I like being able to know that I'm connecting with someone and their dog um, so that they can, we can make a really good connection with each other And I know that when I show up, I'm able to provide a service that is valuable for the person who's on the other end or the receiving end of that service.
1: Okay. So it's going to be important for us to uh, explore those types of jobs. Um, And then so what we would also do is explore uh, a couple of other things in your personal life where you may have had those positive feelings and then see how we could uh, come up with situations that we could expand on those now. And so okay. when you are looking at what your past successes are and what things you have accomplished before, it's repeatable. It's something that you okay. can do again. So it's not impossible. Right. So you're not a lost cause because mm-hmm. you know what happiness is. You know what your goals are. You know what you want to do. So it's a matter of let's go back and reevaluate wait and figure out um, how we can set some goals and some, some plans in place to to find out what your new job is going to be. So okay. it mean it would take a lot more as far as right. like exploration and into what things um could satisfy your desires oh. as far as your um go
0: ahead okay, and where does where does the wellness wheel come into play in terms and I know again, it's probably more that doesn't just happen immediately and you jump to because you've asked a lot of questions that are not abstract in nature but more esoteric in terms of not even related to a job but or a position or a title or even a role but a feeling or an emotion something that connects with that person internally and I think kind of starting on the inside and working out is able to connect that person with a feeling and emotion and even though that was fictional and that was something that I just was making up on the fly I found that as you were answering questions, while it does relate to my own personal job, because I do love my job, I love going to work every day, I do feel a b- I'm being of service because, and that's what makes me going to work not work, because I actually have fun when I go to work. It did help me connect to my first job when I was a candy striper. It did help me realize, like literally that's what made me realize I wanted to do the things that I wanted to do and how that was what it was several years ago and at the same time I'm doing something completely different but that feeling and that emotion and that desire to serve that desire to be with people to help people is still the same and that aspect hasn't changed So, and we have never once, never even mentioned a job so I think exactly. that's so important like there was no mention even in that short snippet of role play which I was trying to be as Serious and at the same time being um, what a potential client might ask, or you ask of a potential client, even in that moment, being able to connect those emotions and those feelings without even mentioning a job, I feel like that that was important for me because I was right. like, you wanted to know what was important to me, and it had nothing to do with a job, a position, a title, anything vocational. So I think, oh, I like, that was a good exercise. That was even a good exercise for me. Very um, good. <laughs> so talk about how you customize that plan in terms of meeting that client's needs. How long are the sessions? Are the sessions um, telecoaching? Do they have to be in person? What is the support like between sessions? What other tips do you give in terms of recipes and health? And what, how does that relationship develop?
1: Okay, so we start off with at least a three-month plan because uh, change normally doesn't occur before then, right? Okay. You, have to, you have to allow yourself enough time for change to occur. Right. And so um, with the three-month plan, we would meet um, every other week, um, okay. either uh, telecoaching or in person, mm-hmm. um, but face-to-face is once every two weeks. And then in between time, So you get to have homework, which is always, you know, when we say homework now, people are excited. People are like, yes, I get to do something when I go home. Um, I have something that I work on and that keeps them motivated and keeps keeps things going. And then so while they're doing that homework, then there's a check-in that I'll check in, I'll send a text message, I'll, you know, call, send an email, do whatever, just to make sure that we are staying on track with the homework and, and progressing with the goals. Okay. And then uh, we come back, and then we discuss what has happened, what progress um, has occurred, what changes may need to um, to take place, uh, be incorporated in, in your particular plan. Um, okay. Because, you know, you start things off and see what works, and then if it doesn't work, you don't have to keep doing it. If it's something that you're not happy mm-hmm. with, or something you're not satisfied with. Um, the biggest part of coaching is that the client is in charge. it is what the client wants to do i am not um here to tell the person oh you need to do this you need to do that because it doesn't work the client Mm -hmm. has to be invested in the plan and the solution Mm -hmm. and so when um you have their input and their suggestions and the things that they want to do they're going to be more excited to uh take ownership to actually um, do the tasks that are assigned because once they, you know, say what they want, we'll assign tasks, but we'll agree on them together. And right. so sometimes if they say, if it's something that they want to do, that's way too easy, then that's where I'm like, no, that's, you can, you're already doing that. So that's not, that's not homework. That's not right. something that that's challenging you. We're trying to make change right. here. We're not trying to just stay where you are. Right. So, um, so the program is the, the basic program is three months. And then at the end of that three months, there's an evaluation, and people might say, "Hey, I accomplished this one thing that I had that I really needed to get done." Mm-hmm. So, but now I want to work on this other big thing in my life, and so right. it may continue on. And then, so through the the next phase of coaching, we will always still revisit the other things to make sure that um, progress is continuing to happen, that changes, positive changes are continuing. So. Um, Really, it is a continuation of of talking and uh, planning and um, and holding the client accountable to, for continuous growth.
0: OK. All right. I like I like that. I thank you for like just making it real and making it painting a picture so that we can see exactly what happens during a coaching session and not just kind of painting something that doesn't seem like it can be done in real time and with a real person. Mm -hmm. Your services not only are available for individuals, but you also do work in community groups with churches at workplaces and you host some special events. Talk to us about those.
1: Uh, Sure. So like um, primarily what I have had uh, quite a few uh, things at my church. I'm also a part of the health ministry and we have done um, some group coaching um, centered around the Daniel plan. Specifically, every year is one of the things that we've done. Um, I host uh, several workshops, um, stress management, mindfulness, um, uh, women's health, just general women's health issues, where we get groups of women who come in and, you know, when people talk to each other in a free environment where they feel safe and they know that they can voice their, um, their experiences and then have a group of like-minded people listening with no judgment a lot is revealed a lot is unpacked and there are a lot of suggestions um for people to go home with that things that they can actually take home that day and start doing and start incorporating in their life um so so yeah so i mean there are there are lots of things that are going on and lots of opportunities to um experience coaching if it's not a one-on-one session uh, groups are definitely a great thing and, and they're less expensive and
0: and they're less expensive that's also a good a good mm-hmm. tip um someone may be con- interested in your service of a Zytoscan. scan so mm-hmm. can you talk to me what is a Zytoscan? scan what does it do and why should i get one
1: So a ZytoScan is a biofeedback. Um, It's like this little device and you place your hand on it. Mm -hmm. And it it provides a a biofeedback of different things that are happening within your body at that particular time. And so it's like a survey. So the scanner is asking your body, um, you know, do you have enough water? Um, Mm -hmm. Are you getting the right nutrients? Do you have... uh, the right makeup of of different minerals in your body? Um, Where are there Mm -hmm. stressors that you may not know about? Um, And so this scan um, basically spits out a report and says, here are some things, here are some modalities that may be helpful to you. And um, also I have it linked to um, Young Living Essential Oils. And so there are some essential oils that may be recommended for that person based on um, different conditions that they may be experiencing.
0: Okay. So once they, let's, if I put my hand on this biofeedback uh, mechanism, how long does that mm-hmm. actual scan take?
1: Uh, it takes about five five to seven minutes five for to the seven actual scan. Mm-hmm. For the
0: scan to happen. And then during, after that, am I sitting still? Am I resting? Am I sleeping? Am I upright? How, how am I positioned? Am I awake? It is
1: so easy. That, yep. You're awake and we're just sitting here just like you and I just talking, looking at each other, having a great conversation. And so okay. we're talking while your hand is on that scanner because it doesn't affect anything except for just that mechanism. And so okay. during the time that your hand is on that scanner, we're getting to know each other. I'm getting, I'm getting to know a little bit more about you so that when you do see the results, um, we can tie it back to some of the things that you've told me about your life, right? And okay. so if you're saying, oh, I'm having, um, I've been having indigestion, or if I've mm-hmm. been having these, you know, any kind of things, something might show up on that scanner that says, oh, you've been. Eating, you have been eating. Um, you've been eating out every week or something, right? Every right. every day this week, and it could be because you're on travel, but you you haven't been yourself. You're not doing uh, participating in your regular routine, so there are going to be fluctuations in what you, what your wellness is, or what your um, what your levels of of existence are. And so okay. that scanner is um, is a snapshot of what's going on with you right then and there, but okay. it's totally painless. And it is, it's very much like having a conversation.
0: Excellent. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm actually interested in that. All right. And as of right now, are there any resources you recommend for our listeners who want to know more about health and wellness coaching, how they can start a coaching relationship and what types of coaching may be beneficial for them?
1: Um, well, there are lots of, uh, reputable coaches out there you just have to be careful when you are looking online and researching just make sure that your coach is me first of all there you go shameless plug i love it (laughs) and you want to make sure that they are um boards national board certified really because there are a lot of coaches out there who may lead you down the wrong path or may not um have the proper credentialing that you're looking for, but everybody is different. And so um, it it all depends on what you truly believe your needs are. So Mm -hmm. I would say um, there are some coaches that um, have a specific niche and it could be um, hormones. It could be um, uh, nutrition. It could be weight loss. It could be any of those things. So depending on what the client believes their needs are, they can find, um, you know, a coach that, that fits them specifically, but the most important thing to do is to contact them, to have a conversation, to see if there is that chemistry, to see if they, um, are, you know, blend and can, can, um, can actually work together. I think that's the most important thing.
0: All right. Any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Um, I would say that,
1: um, something that's so important is that we all have to understand that we are each unique and individual people
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that there isn't you know one thing that is going to satisfy the needs of every client out there right um and so it's important that if you do see a practitioner that they are not just checking off boxes and saying oh here this is what you have to have this mm-hmm. is what you need um make sure there's conversation make sure that your uh, your practitioner is listening to you listening mm-hmm. to um, every aspect of allowing you to speak, allowing you to talk and tell them, um, you know, your history and what things you have done and what's worked and what what hasn't worked. Right. And if anybody is just trying to give you a prescription or just say, hey, go off and do this and I'll see you next time, um, then those that's when red flags should be going up. You need to have someone who is um, invested in you and is... Um, is not judgmental because there's a lot of uh, judgment that we all have in our in bias that we all have in our own heads um, when we're just looking at someone. And so it is very important to make sure that you are um, representing yourself as a whole person and not just allowing a practitioner to look at one piece of you. Give them your entire self. And that's what health coaches really do is to look at the entire person.
0: Thanks so much, Yvette, for joining us today. And we appreciate you giving us some valuable information about health and wellness coaching and how to create a plan and put it into action. If you're ready to get on the path to optimal health and wellness, find yourself a coach so that you can have not only accountability partner, a cheerleader, and a coach, but also someone who will be able to support you through all the scariness and the struggles of making sustainable lifestyle change. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening and sharing your time with us we hope you will join us for our next episode now stick with us for one o'clock with vino blue's wakia henry
2: hello my wine friends welcome back to another segment of wine o'clock with me wakia and i am here from a bar vino blue our vino blue mobile wine bar Uh, my information to reach me will definitely be in the description. So please feel free to um, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. So tonight we will be tasting a wine that was introduced in the last segment. Um, it's a 2019 Albariño by the maker of Valdol Sasego. And it's from the wonderful region of Rias Baixas. And this region is actually on the Northwest region side of Spain. Uh, where in this region is actually um, so the region climate there is cool and it gets a lot of rain so it's kind of damp there however there's just the right amount of sun exposure to fully ripen this beautiful grape albariño that we'll be tasting tonight so i want to start by just kind of explaining a little bit about um the grape before we actually start to open our bottle so albariño it's actually grown in various regions around the world. However, it is the native grape of Spain. And so Rias Bayes, um, um, that, that region actually is really known for, for great white wines. And so what we're going to be expecting in this glass, because it's so pronounced and pronounced in that region, we're going to be expecting um, some really expertise in wine making. Um, so some beautiful notes, some long-lasting notes, um, and I can't wait to really taste. So let's let's just go ahead and get into it. Go ahead and open our bottle. So again, guys. So let me. This grape actually is a really thick-skinned grape, and is known to be high in acid. High in acid. It's going to be a little bit aromatic. We're going to get some. We're expecting to get some citrus fruit out of it, some um, stone fruit, so maybe some grapefruit, lemon, some lime, um, possibly some um, peach, maybe some nectar, um, some pear maybe. Uh, So that's what we're going to be expecting once we um, actually get into this wine and start drinking it. Um, Also, when they make this wine, typically they will make it on oak, so pretty much in stainless steel barrels because they want to get the purest, um flavor out of the grape with no contact of wood whatsoever um, so we're looking again looking for christmas citrus stone fruit flavors um, and go ahead and um, open your bottle if you're still doing so uh, for me guys i actually opened my bottle like an hour ago and i did this because it gives the bottle um, time to open up and let the the air get into the bottle to uh, remove some of that that gas and alcohol flavors that we tend to taste on a freshly opened bottle. And all that is is like a protective layer of gas that they add to the bottle to protect the wine and the freshness. Uh, it's harmless, however, when you open it, that's, that tends to air out and then you get right into your pure flavors of your, your wine. So um, you may practice this the next um, the next time we come together. Go ahead and open it, let it sit out for uh, an hour maybe 30 minutes to an hour let it air out and you'll see the difference right away um, so I bought this bottle of course you know from Total Wine I hope you were able to pick up your bottle and I hope you were able to chill it a little bit you know we have to chill our white wines um, chill a little bit and let it sit out it should be just right remember we're going to be tasting with our um, our senses our four senses which is remember smell um, Sight. we're going to look at the wine we're going to taste the wine and we're going to actually feel the wine in our mouth go ahead and pour your glass of beautiful wine so I swirl it around a little bit also we, that swirling around as you may know in the glass allows the the wine to open up so if you didn't get a chance um, i'm sure you didn't to um pre-open your bottle just swirl it around in your glass, that'll open that, that wine right on up where you get right down to your fruit flavors. As we look at this glass of um, this glass of wine, it actually has like a really beautiful, nice tint of gold. So it's definitely clear, um, it's a gold tint and there are no fogginess of it. So to me, this this wine is perfect to drink swirl around some more let's take our first smell of the wine our sniff so remember we're looking to judge this wine as well we're 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 rating our wine based on blick that's the balance the length the intensity and the complexity because you know when you're you know this is very helpful when you're getting ready to order your wine and the waiter or waitress They ask if you would like to sample the wine first, you're gonna say yes, because you are now a professional wine taster. And then once you taste this wine in your mind, you're gonna remember Blick, and you're gonna determine the quality of this wine based on these steps, and then you'll make a decision on whether you want to further pour a full glass of that wine. So that's why we're learning how to kind of rate um, wine in the very basic, simple way. So we go ahead and and you can determine, for me, when I poured this glass of wine, I was able to smell some of the fruits and some of the aromas uh, coming out of that glass, that bouquet of, you know, aromas coming out of the glass. I was able to smell it, but it wasn't as intense for me. It may be for you guys, but it wasn't as intense for me. And I actually have to bring it just a little closer not necessarily stick my nose in there as of yet but a little closer and i can smell some of those flavors those aromas now they're starting to really smell as i get a little closer and once i kind of smell with my dominant nose my dominant nostril remember you guys have a dominant nostril you may use that one take a big whiff of it and i do smell grapefruit I smell your lemon, I smell your limes, definitely your citrus fruit. I smell some of those, um, some of those like pear and maybe some nectar in there as well. So I am getting some of those stone fruits as well. So I would say that this wine, you know, have some intensity on the nose. Let's just try on the mouth. Let's see how your palate reacts to it. Remember to get you a big mouthful of that wine in your mouth so you can make sure it reaches the back of your mouth. And if you've done that right away, you'll be able to tell that your mouth is instantly filling up with water. It's almost like biting into a lemon. That's a perfect indication that this wine is high in acid, which is exactly what we um, we read and what we intended for this wine to do is actually bring you that really crisp acid, you know, um, additive to it, which is really good for the summertime. And I'm going to take another sip of this. I, de- I definitely taste some fruitiness, so I do taste the citrusness of this wine. Um, not so much stone fruit, maybe a little bit, but this wine to me is way more grapefruit, lemon, more citrus for me. Um, I would definitely say that it has balance because now one thing overpowers the other. Although there there is really a high acid, which is what this body this body of wine is supposed to present itself as a very high acid wine. Um, there's still a nice balance, and you know. It's not too acid where you can't taste some of the fruit. Um, however, the length on this on this um, glass for me, on this wine for me, um, is short, meaning that all the great fruit flavors that I did smell and taste initially in the wine faded away for me rather quickly. So I would say this has a very short finish and I would not rank it on that, I would not give it a point on that, um, on that blick chart right so i have balance i give it a point for that the length for me is not there um all of those good flavors kind of fade out um and so we have to identify what we're feeling because i can still feel the effects of the wine with the acid but the flavors for me are not there so the length is not there for me intensity for me because of the fruit flavors um has kind of faded out I can't say this wine has a very intense effect for me on my palate. However, on the nose, I was able to pick up those aromas. So I would give it on the nose. So how about I give it half a point? So for complexity, again, on the nose, I was able to pick out some aromas, you know, like uh, the fruit and the citrus and the, you know, stone fruit, grapefruit, lemon. I was able to depict those um, aromas when I smelt it but it gave me a different sort of a different experience when i when i tasted those aromas although when initially i tasted that smell i tasted them but they faded out fairly quickly so i wouldn't say that this wine is very complex to me on the palate but definitely on the nose so i would probably give it a half point for that as well so when i rank rank this wine you guys may rank it you know differently we all have a different um, palettes you know so you may have a different experience so but so don't think that your answer is actually wrong if it's different from mine but I would actually rank this wine um, with two for good I, I gave it two points for good um, one for balance half a point for intensity on the nose and then half a point for complexity also on the nose but not very much on the palate it kind of faded for me on the palate um, so this one is actually ranked number two um in points um so however on the bottle that's what it says 92 in points um however for me i, I in my rating i think that it, it didn't quite reach the rank for me um on all of blick but presumably will i buy this wine again absolutely this wine is refreshing um, for parties outdoor events easy drinking wine Um, you know no fuss about it your guests will love it Um, this wine could easily be paired with you know um, you know foods that are are, can actually develop the wine a little bit more sometimes food enhances wine so when you get a nice bottle like this with a great amount of acid you can definitely um, pair it with some some great foods probably like more spicy foods possibly I think I would try that route uh, you may want to pair it with your, um, let's see, maybe some Thai food, some spicy Thai food, maybe some, also some fish tuna, maybe some blackened salmon, um, white fish, you know, even some noodles, pasta. This would definitely go well with that. And if you're making your charcuterie board, um, you know, I, I tend to serve my charcuterie boards with um, some peppered salami. It is really good. People love it. Um, to pair with their wine, so this would definitely pair very well with that. So, create your board, add you some, um, some pepper salami, they have them like, you know, at grocery stores nearby. Maybe some spicy roasted almond nuts you can add on your board. Some spicy cheeses, um, even some like really coated cheeses that are not as spicy but has a really heaviness on your, on your tongue would go with this. Um, you can't go wrong with too many cheeses with this pattern, and of course, you're going to add your fruits uh, because this wine kind of leans to your citrus or your stone fruit um, um, characters. You can even add some, um, you know, nectarines, some cut up some peaches, and pears on your board, um, and definitely your berries. You want to get your strawberries, even your cherries will go great with this wine, as well as um, my favorite pizza, you know. Who cannot love pizza? So that would definitely go great with this wine. So, yeah, this wine kind of puts me in the um, the, the mindset of a Riesling or even a Pinot Gris. But it's way more, Riesling is a very high acid um, um, grape as well. This wine does the same thing. Um, it'll be on the drier side of a Riesling, of course, but it definitely has that same crisp and freshness that uh, would definitely go well with your parties or if you have having guests over if you just want to have a glass of wine on your own and pair it with some food um it'll be good so don't you know definitely i would definitely buy it again it's definitely a good wine um, so please enjoy this wine and uh, i think that's about it with um uh, avarino um, so next what i would do now is just introduce what we will be enjoying and exploring together for the next segment so i decided to pick a bottle of wine uh, back in the red family and i know my red wine lovers would definitely appreciate that because i am a red wine lover um However, this wine red. I ha- Although this wine is red, it is also a lighter red wine, so it still kind of go with the summer fun, fresh wine theme. Um, however, this is a Nebbiolo, so it has tannings in it that are pretty much high. So it has a, a, a you know a unique twist to this wine. It's a light, um, medium to Probably the medium to medium plus uh, when it comes to the, the body of this wine. Um, however, the tannings are pretty much are, are, norm, are typically high in this wine. It's a very great wine, again, to serve on a hot day. You can possibly chill it a little bit. I would even suggest that before we taste the next se- um, segment to put it in a refrigerator and then maybe pull it out like an hour before we get ready to, um, or 30 minutes before we get ready to drink it. Open your bottle 30 minutes before we get ready to drink it. Let it air out and it'll be just right for our next tasting. So, we're doing Nebbiello uh, 2018, and the maker of this wine is Nada uh, Ferrarinzo. So, this information of the wine would definitely be in the description because I'm sure I kind of murdered the pronunciation of that name, but definitely uh, I'm looking forward to enjoying this bottle of wine. So, please, total wine this is where I picked it up from go buy your local total wine they should definitely have it Uh, I'm sure you can possibly if not order it um, from them uh, before our next segment okay well that will be the that will conclude my segment Um, and I look forward to kind of joining you guys again on the next time Um, Please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you about our tasting experience. My initiative here is definitely to help everyone um, have a better wine experience. And also just gain a little bit of knowledge, connect you with the wine, so you can understand what you're drinking uh, as you enjoy it, right? That's my whole objective. And I hope that what um, we're presenting has been beneficial. But again, reach out to me. My information will be um, in the description. My name is Waikia. I enjoyed um, having this time with you. Um, So until we meet again, please be safe, be healthy, and please have yourself a glass of wine. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you Waikia for providing us with another opportunity to wind down together. Take a look at the show notes for more information about today's guest, links to the website, contact information, and social media channels. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, please take a moment to like the episode, subscribe to the channel, comment, and share with your family, friends, and colleagues. Till we meet again, remember to nourish your flourish and see you real soon. Salud!